Good morning, wonderful listeners. You've tuned into Post Session Podcast, a podcast filled with the stoke of a surf session and the wise guidance of an ocean voyager. Your water-loving hosts are ready to share this infectious state of mind while encouraging and inspiring you for for your next adventure. adventure. Welcome back, Post Session Podcast listeners. Today... We are super pumped because we have Mark Anders here, who we didn't know was going to be on the podcast till about, you know, 12 hours ago or something <laughs> like that. But um, he has a really cool kind of event. ocean awareness event coming up that we wanted to plug called Ocean Fest. However, I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to talk about this event. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. But then when we were standing in your kitchen, Laurel, and I really was getting to know Mark, mm-hmm. I think he's perfect for our podcast. Absolutely. The guy's got stories. Yeah. (laughs) Stories on top of stories. That's right. (laughs) So welcome, Mark Anders. Thank you. Journalist, surfer. Filmmaker. Filmmaker. Yeah. World adventure. Ghost rider. (laughs) Ghost rider. Those are the only nice things we're going to say there, Mark, because he didn't want to talk about himself. Well, the good thing is none of us have prepared, because like 12 hours ago, we didn't know we were doing this. Uh It's a wing it. Yeah, yeah, we're winging. That's how I've done most of my life, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, we we can we can handle a little yeah. chicken wing here and there. There we go. Um, okay, well, let's. If you want, we can go right into our position notes and let's just take off. Okay, let's do it. You ready? Let's let Mark start. Yeah, with let's the uh, possession notes. Do you have any possession notes? And this is right about my most recent surf. Yeah. Your foray with the ocean. Yeah, yeah surf, but it doesn't yeah. have to be surf. That's true. Yeah, because oh, Ashley I, might not have surfed. Right. <laughs> oh, I surf. <That's, laughs> I'm the sort of surfer that if I have any like this, before, when when we were trying to figure out if we were going to do this, I immediately looked at the buoy <laughs> and the wind, and I was like, okay, I can do nine because <laughs> it's probably going to be pretty bad. Um, I I've worked my for myself for 25 or like years. Like I've never had. I have had a few office jobs, which I hated, but mm. like may, sent me on my journey. But I've been my own boss and worked at home forever. And so like during COVID, when everybody's working from home, I'm like, they figured out my secret. And I'm kind of <laughs> bummed because nobody is <laughs> like, everybody's yeah, home exactly. It's kind I'm of surfing. a bummer. But um, yeah, I've surfed, I try to surf every single day and I'm not picky. And so yesterday's a great example. It was really bad in the morning, mm-hmm. um, just like almost not surfable and so I was able to do some work on my other things and um, then I knew around lunchtime that it started to like look pretty good and so my buddy and I would grab longboards and went to the beach at Surf City and we were there were two boogie boarders in the water and just us and we were like this is perfect and there were these long period swells coming in and we're having a great time and then all of a sudden like I guess they saw the cam Dag on it. Somebody <laughs> let the cat yeah. out of the bag. <laughs> and then 10 more people are out. But it was fun. It was just really a cruisy, you know, longboard session. And I'll, I'll surf all boards. Like, I, I'll swim. I'll surf. I'll body surf. Like, I really don't care um, <laughs> because you can't care here. Like, the waves are so bad. Um, but when it's when it's appropriate, you ride what the craft is. And so yesterday it was a longboard and it was super fun. So. I guess if you're gonna surf every day, you can't be picky. No, not here. You just <laughs> take what it gives you and, and and roll with it. Well, I think that's the one of the gifts that we have here because we don't have great swell all the time like the West Coast. So we become a type of surfer that is appreciative and not that picky. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when we get good swell. That is fun because we're like so stoked beyond measure. <laughs> for sure. And, and don't take it for granted. So I we're guess. like the grateful type. Yeah. yeah. We're just grateful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll have to say, I'll confess, I was a little, um, I hit a spot that is not, can't be crowded just because the parking lot is oh. not very big. And, you know, you'd have to either bring a boat or go to a whole nother lot, which would make the walk that much longer. So people are generally lazy and want to just paddle out real quick. But um, I pull up at the same time I have kind of in the last couple of months whenever there was a swell and I had a park. But yeah, day before yesterday, I pulled up and it was already full. And I was like, Stop telling people. <laughs> Stop telling. <laughs> I was so pissed. Welcome to Riceville Beach, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's crowded everywhere. You must have, you said you lived in, you lived here, and then you went up north a little bit to so, the surf city area. It's got to be better there, less um, crowded. Yeah, well, so I came from, Cali- I'm from Tennessee, mm-hmm. of all places, where all the best surfers come from. Right. Um, Dynasty of oh, yeah. surf legends. I am, some of my friends joke, like, I'm probably the best surfer ever from Tennessee, which is like, <laughs> the bar is super low. Like, but, uh, yeah. You give him a medal. Exactly. Uh, I I lived in California for about 10 years, and so I know what the West Coast surf thing is. And, and it's totally different. It's like you wake up every day, and it's in San Diego. It's like always surf pool. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can always ride your shortboard. And it's like you can go in the morning or in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. It's like still fun. And here is not like that at all. It's It's so much more of a hunt. And so much you have to become a meteorologist. You have to become... A, a explorer you have to be willing like you said to ride anything mm-hmm. or you're not going to surf mm-hmm. and it took me a while when i moved here to like appreciate it a, no to figure <laughs> it out it was just like you yeah. know it, it, and and yeah. so Arms. you know over time i've collected boards and now i have something for everything and you know um and and i think it makes you a more grateful surfer living here um the camaraderie is better um, it's super crowded out there, but the funny different thing is like when you're out there and it's like what we would call pretty good, there's no one out cause they're like, this is lame. You know, it's like <laughs> waist high and, um, prima donna, yeah. good Lord. But if it's pumping, there's 350 people in the water, just like Masonboro. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, yikes. um, yeah, so I was living here and surfing Wrightsville and Mason, that zone. And it started to get crowded, like pretty crowded. And, my wife and I were like, we're out of here. And so we moved up to, you know, the surf city kind of zone. And, um, it, it was like empty, empty. And I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. And, uh, man, COVID really screwed it up for us. Like I hate COVID. it went, it became like in the last two years, like that it's area has exploded. exploded. Like yeah. it used to be in the morning, it'd be like me and like three people and not like, I'm like, you know, I'm not the lo- original local or anything. It just was not crowded. Mm-hmm. And now there's 35 people in the water at the pier every morning, no matter what. Wow. Like, so I've gone other places. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. We got to just keep moving, don't we? Uh, you know, that's scurfing. That, yeah. yeah I, I heard about river. that. We're yeah. scurfers. And, uh, that's fun. That's super fun. fun. And you always have waves. You know? Totally. And, and it's not crowded. You're only. Yeah. Not crowded. <laughs> your small right. crew. It's really fun, actually. But um, that used to be a... A place that Ren and I thought about because we, we lived in Scotts Hill many many mm-hmm. years ago, and so we were real familiar with the Rich Inlet area mm-hmm. and, and Hugh Taff and all that, and we just loved Topsail. I grew up kind of going there to hang out, Surf yeah. City, uh, but it was always not crowded, and it just seemed like old. You know, maybe what Riceville Beach was like forty years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. I and <laughs> even with our students in our classes and stuff, we have a student recently who moved there of all places from i don't know michigan or wisconsin or one of these northern cold places how do you pick surf city out of the I lineup i mean somebody told you who that's what told happened. exactly <laughs> uh, someone mark knows i bet <laughs> i know something but i don't want to say yeah no. better stay tight lip how about you ashley do oh. you have a post-session note well we we just recorded like yesterday or the day before <laughs> and i Already said that I was super busy working right now. How about what I'm looking forward to? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Um, so I... got something good. Yeah. Our <laughs> summers are extremely busy. Um, that's when we teach free diving and all this kind of thing. Anyway, so I've just been teaching, teaching, teaching. But next week we're going to the Caymans oh. for private class, which is awesome because it's one student. Wow. And that means... You know, and it's a it's girl, so we're just going to be doing our girl thing, you know, and the kids are coming, Ren's coming, but we get to have some depth mm. and some clarity. Ani, our daughter, is uh, eight. She's turning nine very soon, but she's just now getting to this point where she's super interested in the actual organized diving, not just splashing everywhere, but <laughs> kind of going down the line. Yeah. And so her dad last night. Because uh, she she reached the summer nine meters during wow. one of our classes, and her dad last night said, "Honey, 
you could do 15 meters. Oh, he planted the seed. Yeah, so we're going to go out there. We're going to find some sweet piece of reef, and we're just going to pop down and play and see some big sea turtles and, I don't know. That sounds fun. fun. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. See, y'all, see y'all when I get back. Of course. <laughs> anyway, um, you ready to move on? Yeah. Let's uh, move into the injustice of the week. week. You must have a week. good one. Ooh. Did he, you know, he only had a few hours to figure this yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Can I plant a seed in case you... Yeah, well, sure. Well... If you're having trouble with one, you've got this whole Ocean Fest thing coming up. So there's got to be an injustice in there somewhere that started to spawn <laughs> well, this interest. The fir- I, I'm going to relate all these back to surfing because that's just, that's, that's the, that's, you know, it's allowed that's, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why I agreed to do this in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's like, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, it's a surf thing. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got um, <laughs> So I think an injustice to me is access for the beaches and oceans, especially around here. I've lived in the area for 16 years, I guess. And so I've seen, and you know, that's not long, long time, but it's a long enough time. And I've seen... We've adopted you. Okay, thank you. (laughs) But I'm Southern, so like... um, But I've seen the... uh, the beach access really go away. I've seen the prices of parking go up like unbelievably. Ridiculous. And I feel like in some ways, even in Wrightsville Beach, I feel like um, a, there's a certain Especially. portion of the public who live there who don't want surfers there. And so they're trying to price surfers out. And I saw that happening in Wrightsville and it just was like stupid. And the months when the parking was, was more and more and the price was more and more. And, and um, it's spreading. Yeah, and then now, Carolina last year, Beach. yeah, Carol, and then last year, Surf City did it, and I think it's really pretty sad. Like, um, I think everyone should have access to the water, whether you're rich or not. If you live inland, you should still be able to come to the beach, and with gas as expensive as it is, and then you have to go pay twenty dollars to park. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's a really sad thing. And, and now um, it's forty. Is it forty For down the here? Day. Oh, it's twenty at Surf City, but go to Wrightsville; it's better there. <laughs> you might um, pay more but it's a premium yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I, I think that's an injustice to me and i think it's it's frankly kind of like bullshit I, I don't like it and um and i see it also i i like to boat as well and i see this area has such poor access to to boating for public people there's a lot of people that want to own everything mm-hmm. but then keep it for themselves and i think that's pretty messed up too so. And I think, yeah, exactly. The ocean should be available to everybody. It's, exactly. a, it's a healing entity. You know, it's something that originally in the bylaws of Wrightsville Beach, there was something that prevented this extreme hike of prices, which was we cannot charge any more for parking than would be used to maintain the parking and um accesses like the that. bathrooms and the right, showers exactly mm-hmm. yeah. and first of all the the shower the hose the bathrooms the changing rooms are like jacked up right now because they can't find enough workers mm-hmm. but maybe they're not paying them enough they're making a whole heck of a lot of money mm-hmm. off of parking and they can't pay somebody enough to clean it when there's a dirty diaper somebody took a crap <laughs> somebody's peed in the changing room mm-hmm. and we can't get a decent hose. We can't get a nozzle. We can't whatever, but that's, that's, but more importantly, who has the money to drive to the beach, pay for the parking and enjoy the parking? Only people that have a lot of money and expendable money. <clears throat> so there's no bus that's going to take you on the beach. There's no bus Mm-mm. allowed. Like a the... trolley system or anything? Yeah. Back in the day, there was. Exactly. Yeah. There was it, a trolley system. What a great system. idea. What, to what... go from the downtown to the mm-hmm. beach. Mm-hmm. And they would not... Wrightsville Beach wouldn't let that come on. That, that's why there's not that, is that it is not encouraged. And so I feel like, why? how can people feel comfortable in the ocean if they're in the inner city and they can't get afford to be on the beach 
You know, I think it's a wonderful injustice. It's something that we <laughs> complain about all the yeah. time because it keeps my family from going. Mm-hmm. We just, we moved to the river. Forget it. You know? Because um, that's still the water. I mean, that's still the, the water. And it's pretty awesome. It's different. But it is pretty so, awesome. Yeah, it is. But I think, um, I think a trolley system would be good. And I think Riceville Beach is biting itself. They're, you know, cutting off the nose to spite the face because the the kind of attitude that they're cultivating by being so exclusive is counterintuitive to, to where you're living. I mean, if you're going to live with your back to the edge of the earth, you have to be willing to share. You have to mm-hmm. be of the personality that's that's willing to kind of share. And I don't think people should back down from this Mm-mm. kind of pushback. I don't think it should be where you watch one day them, the government, whatever, the the, the Alderman put a fence around that island and make right. it a gated and they, community. I mean, they will if they... Uh, trust me. And I just don't think we should stand by and watch that because it's not okay. It's not right. It's not nice. Somebody needs it's to hold nice. a mirror. Somebody it's not cool. should write an article about it, probably. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. put it in that uh, real estate magazine, you know, mm-hmm. Riceville Beach Mag. <laughs> put it in there. <laughs> And let's get the word out because um, I'm fed up with it too. Yeah, not cool. No. And I think um, this is not an injustice. We're gonna flush down the toilet. Let's hold this up regularly. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. do something about. It. Maybe there's an organization that could be created to combat. Maybe there needs to be a booth at Ocean Fest. <laughs> yeah. You're so good. Yeah. <laughs> Break the gate. Break the gate. Um, well, you know what? Thanks for bringing that up, Mark. That's a good one. Sorry. I'm, I'm like a challenging podcast, uh, visitor because I'm, I just live on tangents. Like that's my, (laughs) I'm like the, I'm really hard to like keep going. And it seems like you guys have a little bit of that too. So it could be a, well, that's what the injustice of the week is for is like for us to have a little tangential moment. Well, and also you've, you've listened to a podcast before. They're all like that. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're all like that. Joe Rogan does it for three whole hours. Uh, so what's good for the goose? Um, but speaking of, let's let's go ahead and dive deeper. Yeah. I would like to start since our audience doesn't know you yet, and before we get to Ocean Fest, just talk about a, a little bit about um, you know your obsession with the water. You were a journalist. Magazines started dying. You know because you're a um, Surfer? Entrepreneur, no, oh. an entrepreneur. I'm a surfer. <laughs> yeah, well, he's that. We got yeah. that part. You were also uh, uh, taking photos and doing the whole thing. So um, I don't know. Can you summarize yeah. everything we talked about in the kitchen yeah, this morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had the tape rolling, man. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, um, always. That's I knew. I learned that as a journalist is like start start early and then don't stop it. Like that's yeah. the thing. Um, yeah. And that was back when they were actual tape. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not that old, but I might be. Yeah. Um, no, I, you were saying something about origin story before. And I have like, like my life is this like true, like little origin story. Like the, I grew up in Tennessee, in East Tennessee. And um, at six years old, I announced to my parents that I wanted to be a surfer. And they were there. And I have, this is going to clue to my age, but I have a surfer magazine from 1978 that I still have. Mm-hmm. And. I, that was my dream. And I just, and they did to this day, they don't know where it was born and I don't either. How you even got the magazine. No, and they, they were like, no, I know where I got it at the bookstore when there used to be those, like, and you had the big magazine, right? Yeah. Um, I always, always want to be a surfer and my parents are super cool. And my mom's a teacher and my dad worked for the government and they're very like embracing of me, but they were like, Hey dude, you live in Tennessee. Like, <laughs> and we'll go to the beach walk. maybe like once every couple years and we'll probably go to like Hilton Head, which the way (laughs) sucks. And so my dad was like, you know, in the nicest way possible, like you might want to like do something that you can do here. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, but I'm going to be a surfer. And like, I never, ever left that, let that die. Um, And held on to it forever. Ended up becoming a river guide, whitewater rafting, because it was the closest thing to like, You know, because rivers are awesome and exciting. And so I did that for like five years and loved it. But I was always like, 
I'm moving to the ocean as soon as I possibly can. And so as soon as I did, was able to, I moved to Folly Beach, South Carolina. Yeah. Waves also suck there. Yeah, uh, South Carolina. <laughs> but it was a great place to learn. And back then when I started, it was like not crowded. And I have had the opportunity to like teach myself to surf. And, and because of kayaking, I was a good kayaker. And so I brought my kayak to the beach. And looking back, I was the hugest kook, but I knew, <laughs> I knew how to kayak really well. So I was able to like quickly understand waves. Mm-hmm. And then, then that like gave me a jump start to surfing. And I, I was a kook. I worked at a, at a Irish pub and just saved my money. And, and I was saving money to go to Costa Rica mm-hmm. because I heard in a magazine mm-hmm. that that was like the place. This is super embarrassing. I didn't even know it was an island. I mean, I thought it was an island. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. sure it was an island. Island of Costa Rica. Exactly. And, you know, folks, this is before the internet. So, like, that's just right. give me a little. <laughs> but um, that's how much of a kook I was. But I was like, that was my little story when I was working at this bar. And people loved it. And they were like, yeah, I got good tips for that. And I was terrible waiter and like <laughs> terrible at it but i'd get good tips because they're like that's an awesome story and so mm-hmm. i did i saved up all my money and went and lived in a tent in costa rica for a few months and taught myself to surf and back then it was like not crowded right it was so cool i mean in like we're in costa rica i started we landed in san jose yeah and it was one buddy like some some other guy in folly beach found out that i was going and he's like i want to go and i'm like okay cool you want to the island right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, his mom his mom was yeah exactly his mom was so stressed she got us a hotel the first night in san jose and san jose back then was sketchy yeah yeah yeah. and um she was just like sure we were gonna die next morning we wake up we walk down to the coca-cola bus station in san jose neither of us spoke spanish really at all yeah and it took probably 18 times to the little window at the bus station to like tell them we're going to the beach and we had these surfboards really she literally gave us a ticket. We figured out somehow what bus to get on. We didn't even know where we were going. Like, we were just going to the beach. And they put us on one of those local buses that stopped every <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes. And yeah. there was, like, literally chickens on yeah, it. 50,000 yeah. people on it. Yeah. yeah. But this yeah. super cute Costa Rican girl got – I was in the very back seat. That's where my seat was. And my friend was, like, six things up. And we kept, like, looking at each other, like, oh, my God. What is, when do we get off? Like, I don't uh, – and this girl, Hazel, was sweet as could be. She couldn't really speak English. And I had a little Spanish book and we had like eight and a half hours to do nothing. Right. So we taught, we, <laughs> I probably learned a little Spanish and uh, she, we, we ended up in Tamarindo and back then it was dirt road. There was nothing. And, but she knew this guy who, who had a little fenced in thing on the beach that he let people camp in. And so, and she yeah. sold t-shirts. She was like this girl that would go from beach to beach selling t-shirts. And wow. she was like, Hey, I'll take you to, you know, the place. And sure enough, we set up our tent and hung out there and um, it was pretty cool. But I quickly realized like there's all these surfers. I mean, there wasn't crowded, but Mm -hmm. in relation, there were all these like guys from Florida there. And one night we were just like, we got to get out of here. Like, let's, there's got to be other waves. And so (laughs) that night we packed up, we had backpacks and we started walking and we just walked south and we, we walked and we, crossed this river and camped right there woke up waves are perfect and i was like this is it and so we just kept walking and we did that for like almost a month and just ended at these like places where no one would ever go and it was so cool oh wow and so that was it like i was just done <laughs> after <laughs> well, yeah, that you you were that you were in it oh yeah yeah you were in the skillet at that point and loved it every minute of it. <laughs> i want to make a comment though because you called yourself a kook many times there is nothing kooky about somebody's uh, humble beginning, somebody's origin story. There's nothing kooky about exploring that spirit of adventure. You know, and when yeah. you're out on your kayak just trying to figure it out for yourself, to me, <clears throat> that's like the ultimate bravery, just mm-hmm. going for it. Mm-hmm. You know, not being afraid. There's nothing kooky about that. Uh, that's cool. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah I love that. and And I love that Hazel... You know, I know how sweet she was so root. cool. Yeah, we hung out with her for a week. She was awesome. <laughs> Y'all just figured it out, though. Yeah, you know, you figured it out because I don't know. In our travels and stuff, people always ask the same questions like, Well, what do you eat? and how do you know this? and what do you do? and the fact of the matter is, people eat everywhere, they sleep somewhere, <laughs> they're doing laundry somewhere, and they and, and somebody knows the landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, you can figure it out if you just. No, but people are so scared. Like that's the thing that I realize all the time is like people are so scared and they go, they immediately go to like the most 
scary thing or whatever someone oh, tells yeah. you. And it's just, and like, I don't know. I'm just not wired like that. And, you know, everything will work out usually. I mean, you can get killed, but you know, but you probably won't, you yeah, know, that's kind of like, that's sort of the way I was. And so that kind of adventure spirit has always sort of driven like my life. And I never wanted to do what everybody else was doing. I wanted to like, I wanted to be a surfer in Tennessee, you know, and, um, (laughs) and that's kind of like, that's led my whole life. And so as soon as I got back from Costa Rica, we ran out of money, you know, like, Mm -hmm, and I could, we could do a whole podcast on that trip. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, just the fact that you didn't just settle for the known wave as a new, as a beginning surfer. Yeah. You kind of explored on your own. I somehow knew like that this wasn't what I wanted and. Um, that that trip was amazing because we met locals. We got invited into people's homes because they're like, mm. "What are you doing here?" Yeah, yeah. And then they, you walked from Tamarindo. <laughs> no one does that. And I'm like, "Well, we're doing that." You know, um, we get tired and, of the Tamarindos. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we so as soon as I got back, I ran out of money and I went back to the river because I could live there for free mm-hmm. in a little screened-in box, and I would like do roofing, fix fences, you know, just whatever, just. Um, anything to make more money to go again. And I knew I'm going to California because That's in the like. magazines, I read, <laughs> I read that San Diego had the most consistent surf. And so that was my thing. And um, I eventually moved out there and just, I, I became a gondolier. Oh, a no Vene- I rode a Venetian gondola <laughs> in San Diego. Yeah, because I was I got there and I was like, oh, I could get a job waiting tables. Little did I know in Southern California, like that's the hardest job to get because everybody is like Try. an actor who's yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. like. Plus, you're terrible at it. I know exactly. Well, I was bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm nice, but I just sucked at it. Um, mm. And so I was like, back then, you look for a job in the paper. You know the class yeah, that you and, got yeah. from the bookstore, exactly, or, yeah. or or off somebody else's door. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I on the weekend it was like always too much. Like there's so many jobs in the classifieds because right. the internet didn't exist. Right, and right. Um, so I would look at it on like Tuesday or Wednesday because there's less. You know, yeah, and, um, it's you more. Be could, yeah, really yeah. Hiring. Hiring. Crap yeah. Weekend. So I saw this ad. It was like gondoliers wanted. <laughs> Good. And you're like, I've been a kayaker. Yeah, exactly. It was like this. good exercise, <laughs> something like fair pay, or so, you know, like it was like a terrible ad. And I was like, I, I, I was in it like two or three beers in at that time, you know, because I didn't have a job. And I was right. like, Yeah, what else are you gonna do? I served, come home, have a beer, look yeah. for a job. Um, and uh, I was like, I used to be a river guide on White White River. I can do like. How hard can that be? And so I'm I, gonna crush this. So I called, I called <laughs> and left a message, like basically, like you know, I got this, like you know, <laughs> on I an think, answering machine. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, and I think they called me in because I was like sassy, like I was like, oh, I used to be a river guy. Well, little did I know, um, being a gondola is super hard. It's like <laughs> a thirty-something foot long boat that yeah. you paddle on one side. Right. Like that's just how you can't paddle on one side. You're going to circle, but you can because the way the boat is designed and the stroke. And basically the guy took me under his wing and he was kind of like, I think he wanted to make me fail. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He couldn't honest. wait to just yeah. Yeah, show but, you. But I loved it. And I was, I ended up getting pretty good at it. And, um, we had like a tape deck that would play like music and people would come from the fancy hotel and I would take them on this like romantic like little thing. And I'd be rowing back there. And my name was Marcos. <laughs> Like a Marcus. Yeah. You look at him, look at his blonde hair. And his little, yeah. And they were like, do you sing? I'm like, no. <laughs> Pavarotti does. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh, so I would do these little 50 minute tours, like through the Coronado Keys. Like, mm-hmm. it's like this little kind of like canal zone. And, um, and so I was it thinking, was, where did you do this? In yeah. San Diego? At the Lowe's Hotel. And then you'd go through these canals of like these $10 million homes. And like, it was really funny because I would be like, on, do eight of these a night or something yeah. with these lovers nice and tips. Oh, the tips were good. Yeah. Did you wear striped shirts? Yeah, I had to wear that. Yes. And I had to wear the stupid hat. And the and red, did you have yes. Oh my, uh, the whole thing. Oh yeah. And as soon as I got around the corner, I'd take that damn hat off and I was like, put it under the boat. And mm-hmm. um, I saw like probably 
10 people get engaged in front of me and they're like, Marcos, you're my witness. And, you know, like I was like, cause they're right there. Yeah, they're right in front yeah, of you. Awkward. It was, it was a really funny job, but it was killer because I could surf in the morning. Yeah. And then that was the evening and that was the evening. And so, and then during the day I could actually like try to find a real job like mm-hmm. that I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. that, that was awesome. And that's when I actually started writing, um, at that time. And it was killer though. Cause I could, eat all I wanted because I was exercising like crazy and they would leave like champagne leftover and, yeah. and uh, I'm like man just downing whatever they left There's the chocolate covered strawberry yeah. oh yeah. Some, yeah and the guy that worked there he's like you guys can do that as long as you don't get drunk and you could just you know and so right. we would and you can't get drunk like exercising like that like it was you, you know, can try oh we tried yeah. you can try <laughs> Marco's tried yeah. um but yeah so I, see here we are on the tangent like but <laughs> This yeah, is but, a great origin story. Hold on, no. let me ask you, listeners. <laughs> shall we keep going Deeper. and hear about Marcos? What's that you say? Oh, wait, you can't answer. We're doing the talking. <laughs> Stand by. Please continue. Enjoy I the do, ride. I do have probably one of the coolest uh, stories, though, from the gondolier. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Nah. Okay. No? <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, one day, I got there, and um, I just got done surfing and, like, didn't shower, you know, and, like, just... I mean, it's fine because I'm a gondolier. Like, yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, and I'm there getting my... You're supposed to be sweaty. Yeah, Marco yeah. stinks. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. They don't wear <laughs> deodorant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm cleaning the boat and um, on the schedule it said something like uh, wedding proposal. Like mm-hmm. sometimes they'll call ahead and tell them. And, um, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this is one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he shows, this guy shows up early uh-huh. with a bottle of champagne and he's like, here, and he gave me $20. He's like, oh, he was nervous. And he gave me 20 bucks. And he's like, you know, I was like, sweet. Now if I suck, it doesn't matter because yeah. I already got my tip. And he's like, make this great, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. So we're taking them out and we're like halfway out. And um, I could tell it was like a little uncomfortable. And I'm right on top of them. I'm like literally like yeah. Three, yeah. three feet away above them. Yeah, Trying not to listen. Yeah, well, you can hear everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this guy, he did. He got, he got up. And I was like, oh, here it goes. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Marcos, you are my witness. This is where that. And he got down on one knee in front of this girl and was like, oh, yeah. you know, will you marry me? He goes, and, and she started crying. And I was like, uh-oh. And oh, I was like, no. that's not like tears of joy. Right. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm like turning the boat around. Yeah. Like, just, oh, no. You know just, the cue. Like, I went you ahead and cue, started Marcos. turning around. Yeah. And uh, you could cut the like oh, tension God. with a knife. And I was like, oh, well, that's not great good thing and you got so, your tip yeah exactly that's what, that was <laughs> yeah, exactly what yeah, I thought I was like thank god he thank already god. paid me yeah he's not gonna we get back these things are really hard to paddle and really hard to dock docking a 35 foot long boat with one paddle in the wind it's like sucks it's really yeah. hard but, you but got I got this. good at yeah, it yeah you got it and I was coming in all so perfect and he he jumped off before <gasps> we even got oh, no. there like he didn't oh, fall no. in but he, but the boat like oh, and I had to repark no. yeah, it yeah he pushed you away yeah I tried to repark it and this girl's just sitting there and like it was such a sad moment I like I like, you know, helped her out and she gave me the biggest hug. So I was like, Hey, you know, have a good day. (laughs) I don't know. But because of that, because I'd seen so many people get married and then see someone get turned down it like helped me know if I, I was like, if I ever get married, I am not doing it around people. I'm not doing a baseball game. I'm not doing it on a freaking gondola. It'll be like it's private private. Yeah. But here's what I got to say about that guy. You got to make sure you know the answer, yeah. what it's right. going to be, man. Come on. You can read the cues. You put some time in. You figure it out. You know. You hit. Because if she. Ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know hits. if it's going in that direction. And, and she wants it. You know, the the, the, the the lady wants to get married. So she's going to let you know what yeah. the answer is going to be way ahead of time. He, he didn't. He didn't. Know. He didn't. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, um, I that was a it for that tangent, it was, yeah. but it was kind of funny though. Like, I mean, not, it was, I know it was You're sad. cold. I know. Hey, That's the California time. Just you see, yeah, you get, your yeah, heart. Hardened. Well, and you see enough of those marriage proposals, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just say well, no. Well, let's cruise yeah, on sorry. to, um, what kind of, um, you yes. know, you've had an exciting career in writing and, and photography and surfing and. Within the surfing world, but what brought you? So you got to Topsail, and when it was still cool, while it was (laughs) before it was crowded, and um, what brought about 
he's a founder of Ocean Fest. Tell us yeah, what so it what's is. What's this Ocean Fest yeah. thing you keep talking about? <laughs> I haven't talked but about it. But not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I told you I'm the worst guest. Um, uh, so you were mentioning that, yeah, um, I ended up writing as a journalist for magazines again before the internet, and that was my thing. And I, I wrote mostly about surfing and water sports and expeditions. And I had like basically the coolest job in the world. Like I yes. thought, and it was, it was, I was Sounds constantly cool. pinching myself and going like, when is this over? And I'm getting paid to do this. Like, you know, it was, I always felt like I was like living almost like this. Do they I really know? It. Like, right, you know, like, right. You get to hide it. Yeah. And then, um, if someone finds out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, that just went on and on and it was amazing. And I saw, you know, the magazine world used to be really, really cool. And it was like, I write for outside magazine and men's journal and, you know, doing cool stuff. Like, um, but then as a lot of people know, the internet came up and it just basically started killing magazines, which was really interesting to watch. And, um, essentially the career of like a magazine journalist, I was freelance. So I wrote for every mag, you know, as much as I wanted. Um, it basically went away because the internet created a place for it to be free. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Um, but it led me into a different direction, but I digress again at the time surfing the ocean was essentially my job. Mm -hmm. And what made my career was being a specialist to write about surfing. And, um, I was so blessed and lucky to do that. But as the magazine world crashed and I, I kind of, found other ways to make money as a writer. Um, I realized, wow, like I owe so much to the ocean. It created who I am, really. It created my job. It gave me friends. It was a place I would go when I was sad or had, you know, problems with, you know, I've had some kids have bad health issues over the years. And, you know, that's a place where I could retreat and it took care of me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how can I give back? And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but it was like, the ocean's given me so much. What can I do to give back? And well, I think that's uh, cool that you recognize that you had this career and and life that it was something to be grateful for, you know? So I like that you and are coming from that angle, you know? For sure. Yeah, and that was, and it was true. It was very authentic and real and organic and just grateful. And I was like, what can I do to give back? I'm not a environmentalist or scientist or anything like that, but I'm just a gondolier yeah. <laughs> from Tennessee. At heart. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I had always, I was living in Wrightsville at the time. Well, this area, when I would thought about doing this and I was like, we could do like a vintage surf contest and some concert and raise all the money would go to save the ocean. And I was always, I was sort of sitting on that idea for, a while. 13 years or wow. something like that. Mm -hmm. And just kept, I'll do it one day, I'll do it one day. And never would do it. And then finally one day I'd moved to up to Topsville and I was, I, was, I had a couple of friends and I was just kind of told them in the lineup the idea and they were like, you should do that. And I was like, okay. And I was like, do you want to help me? And they're like, yeah, let's do that. And we had, in two months, we, we just said, okay, we're going to do it in October and we'll just do this. We had no idea what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We put together this vintage surf contest where everybody rides boards from the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. and you draw straws to find out what board you have to ride. And oh, fun. Some of them are really bad and yeah. most of them are really bad. <laughs> um, and we got a few bands and had a beer garden and it was the coolest party. Mm -hmm. It was like really fun. And all the money that we raised, I think that year we might have raised like $3,000 or something, mm -hmm. which is great. I, mean, I was yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. And it was like so organic and just like, the coolest vibe ever. And we were like, oh, we're on to something. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2019. And it's kind of grown from there. And so it's kind of new. Yeah, this will be our third year, but we grew cool. so fast because people, I think when you do something that's for the right reasons and you do something that people can tell is like real, mm -hmm. they want to be a part of it. Yeah. And it, that's what's happened here. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really neat. And so, Essentially, the idea is like throw a huge beach party. Yeah. Um, with it's free, unlike the parking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, and Still have to pay for parking. You do, yeah. Um, the idea was let's lure people in with live music and beer and 
fun and a surf contest and arts and crafts and a um, run, you do a, a five K beach run and all these things. And when they're there, let them help you know celebrate the ocean and how much it means for us and the community, but also learn ways to what they can do personally to make it better and cleaner. And and then most, the big thing that would be raising money. And so we ra- we're a nonprofit, but we raise money and grant it out to other nonprofits, people that are doing really good work, scientists, and maybe they don't throw a big beach party. It's easier to raise money doing that than yeah. <laughs> talking about something else, you know, that's maybe nerdy and important. But, and so it's just grown and grown and um, Fat Tire came on, their national as a sponsor they and they're like That's the most deal. it's a big deal and they're like also the most sustainable beer essentially okay and so it was a good fit and yeah it's just grown last year we it's hard to say because it's all day and it's two days and but we had probably like five thousand people there and that was during a tropical storm wow like it had been beautiful it's in october and it had been yeah. beautiful for a month <laughs> and then here's the storm spin up and yeah. i was like no way is this happening like shouldn't our karma like count for something? <laughs> and uh, I was stressing because we had spent, you know, a ton of money on t-shirts yeah. and all these bands and, mm-hmm. and sure enough, it like comes right for, right us. for us and, and was there during the whole thing. But the waves were really good. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> At least you had waves. And, uh, but a ton of people still came. We sold out of all of our stuff. We, people cared. They, they wanted to come for the ocean and they wanted to, you know, be a part of it and, we ended up um, being able to give away more than $15,000 last year. So what raises the money? Um, beer. Okay. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, well, mm-hmm. Sell you, some beer. Yeah, we, we're a nonprofit, so we're able to sit, we buy the beer at cost, and mm-hmm. then we sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sell T-shirts. Yeah. And we have arts and crafts. And they, That's a lot you know, of money from beer and T-shirts. Um, well, we have a 5K. Okay. Beach run. Um, the contest. The surf contest. All of that goes into the mm-hmm. pot and it costs a tremendous amount of money just to run yeah. a free event but yeah. we we are able to raise money from sponsors we have awesome sponsors and um it's just it's a little be careful what you wish for because now it's so big yeah. and yeah. so but it's so fun and it's like uh it's nine live bands they're good music um i mean it's it's just a f- great party for a great cause well, the ocean it sounds like you're on a so- sustainable growth projection though with it and you just have to keep enlisting help yeah we have awesome volunteers um it takes we have like almost 200 volunteers for that actual event wow we have a team of like probably 15 people that work throughout the year putting this on and yeah i mean i became an event organizer and i didn't really (laughs) that was never the goal but um it's been a neat experience so it sounds fun oh it's super fun yeah i mean that like organizing the event i mean i'm sure it's stressful and it's a lot of work yeah. and everything like that but um, hurricane season <laughs> yeah hurricane season so i know that it's important uh not just for people to have fun but you're bringing them in like you said luring them in with a party yeah with the party but for what what are the things like if you had to name the top three things that are you know points that you're trying to kind of impart yeah impart or give people the platform to impart what do you think is the most pressing issue in our area concerning the ocean well so there's so many issues um i think the biggest thing is is first for this area Mm. is um really kind of changing the script for the people that live here because um i did spend a fair bit of time in california and um, California has its positives and negatives, but one of the mm-hmm. positives is it's a lot more eco-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people actually recycle. <laughs> people, you know, <laughs> um, it's like part of the culture. And it was interesting, you know, being Southern, going there and then coming back and kind of realizing that hasn't taken off here. And like at the beach, the amount of trash on the beach, the amount of trash in the recycling cans, like these kind of things that seem really simple just is not part of the culture. And I thought that's something that needs to change. And so for me, one of the, like there's pressing issues, the issues for the ocean are like, you know, microplastics and, you know, we can go on and on about that big, big stuff. Um, In our area, it was more just like fostering 
awareness. an awareness, an environmental appreciation for what we have because people come here for the ocean. Mm-hmm. Our fishing is done in the ocean. Everything in this area is based Dependent. on it. The intercoastal waterways, the creeks. And um, I live on a creek and I've watched over the years the sign move further and further towards the ocean that says you can't take oysters here. And that's really sad because when I first lived there, I could walk off my property and gather the food right there. And because of pollution and because of the way that it's growing around here and people not doing the right stuff, it's dirty. Mm -hmm. And and that's sad. And like those kind of (laughs) things are not like no one's thinking about it. And that's to me the biggest pressing issue is like the awareness. And that's why this event and this like brand, so to speak, is important here. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people care about it now and it's neat. It's neat. I mean, it's a ton of work, but you do, it is positive, you know, and you feel good about it. And that's why, you know, if you feel good about something, it's like you're, you're helping. And, and I never meant to do this, you know, like right. it was sort of, it evolved. And sometimes that's, you know, how it happens. I don't know. And it, and if people, uh, it, that attitude's infectious, you know, if people see that it's uh, genuine, that you really care and you're loving it, yeah. that's where they want to come. Um, I and like they the, want to make it fun too. I mean, you've made something fun that it's also, it's almost like how we bring kids into the school system, you know, like kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. it's fun. Yeah, yeah that's know, a good so point. We're gonna eat some crayons today, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you started off in a fun learning environment. That's kind of what you've done, and so that's a, a perfect first step for someone to become aware or to become interested in what can I do. And I think it's beautiful that you kind of came at it from that same place. Like, oh, this is something that I love what can I do? I'm just one person, but you didn't let that stop you from exploring, uh, Oh, maybe a party, maybe a, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. something that I would, you know, that you would enjoy and made it something that multiple people well, would enjoy. And you know, what's really, really cool too is I can get down a little bit because it's on myself because it's so hard and it's so overwhelming the amount of, and, and there's, you know, just doing any event is very hard. But the positives that come from it and seeing like having people come up to me and be like, this is my favorite event of the year, or I took off work for this event. Yeah, I always wow. take off Rosa, but you know, like, cool. and, um, and then a local business came up to me after the event last year and was like, Hey, you know, during the event we're zero plastic, zero waste, like composting everything. And, um, they were like, can you help me and my business, like figure out how to you know, do something better. And they're a restaurant right on the beach. And yes, and we were like, yes, we can. And um, like one thing that we did is we hooked up with this canned water company because bottled water is the worst thing. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, you get it super cheap at Costco, but Mm -hmm. it ends up in the ocean. You know, we're not going to go into that whole like life cycle of plastic, but um, cans are an easy example. I mean, it's better to bring your own Mm -hmm. vessel, but if you're Mm -hmm. at a restaurant, you want Mm -hmm. water. And um, we were able to hook up with this company, Open Water, and they do canned water. And we did a deal with them where we got it at cost and we were able to get it to them to show them that, like, there's an option. There's an option. And several businesses now do that in town. And it's really cool. And it's neat that these are really small things, but they're something, you know. Sometimes it costs more to it do does. the right thing. I, Always. I, <laughs> I think the, there's a reason you yeah. made a good point that when we talked about what are the things here locally? Yeah. Cause microplastics are a big problem and we can go all into there's tons of science and everything like that. But, um, I find also that the problem here is cultural because up where we live on the, um, Cape fear, I'm astounded at how much, trash like there's a there's just a little beach down on the street that we live in and we've had to do community cleanups because people just sit there and they'll throw their trash right Mm -hmm. on the ground and i'm not sure the only place i see this i see this in like third world countries for sure where it's okay to just throw the trash it's a very um it's a poor mentality it's like a depressed oppressed mentality and i'm not sure how that happened if it's just because of economics and education yeah but at this point come on but, but, man we know when you say that or you make the face our listeners can't see it but but no. I, I think kind of from 
even what you just said, the story you just told about the restaurant, um, like, what is the next step? Like, they came, they asked you. Like, it's not like that they couldn't have seen multiple things, but they really needed someone to walk alongside them to take a next step. And so I think sometimes we... Some people are overwhelmed, like, oh, there's a million things I could do. And so they get caught up in not doing any of them. That's a good point. Yeah. But also, you know, the making a sign. Maybe your family could make a cool sign that brings awareness or makes a funny joke, like something that makes it not, you know, offensive, like you <laughs> asshole, because you are throwing trash out. That's how I feel. Because you should, you should <laughs> that's know That's how that. I feel. You, you should, should know, know better. That. Yeah, but, you're a grown person. But if you come at it in a, like you've done with the Ocean Fest, is here's this fun opportunity or a party, but we're bringing you into a family, yeah. and we're make we're accepting you as you are, come on in, and along the way, you're going to come out with like, oh... Hey, look! I've got a reusable bag. Hey, mm-hmm. look! Uh, here's a you know. So you're you're teaching as you're having fun. Well, and it makes it cool too. I think that's something that like surfing is cool. It just is. I mean, for a multitude of reasons. But the surf culture is kind of seems like people that don't surf think it's cool too. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it's used to market so many Everything. things. Um, so, at a real base level, like that's essentially what's going on too. We're using surfing live music these are cool things and we're saying it's cool to be sustainable it's cool to think about what you're consuming and um that's what happened with that restaurant and there's a a group called eco-friendly establishments and we um ocean fest sponsors them on topsoil island and we work really closely with them to provide the waters that they can you know sell and and just help these um, different establishments, bars, restaurants, figure out ways to be better. And um, there's so many people trying to do good stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ocean Fest is not the only one. Um, we're just the most fun one, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a cool thing, and there's so much more to do. But it's neat to see any positive influence like that. And um, and this year, I think, you know, we'll be able to give away a lot of money. Basically, we half the money that we raise goes to run the event because we pay for all these bands and the mm-hmm. stage and police and you know it's a, the list goes on and on and then the other half we grant out to other nonprofits and um, I think that's really really cool you know and we no one gets paid no one makes money mm-hmm. um, I mean the local businesses do which is neat too that was part yeah. of the reason we started in October was because a lot of my friends run these businesses and before they need something before in covid there was right. no yeah. one around um, yeah. not now but um it, it, it's like a, another July 4th for them mm-hmm. in October, which is really cool. And, you know, it, it impacts so many different things and it's, it's neat and it's a lot of work and I want to quit a lot. And then, um, <laughs> you know, but it, it it's for a good cause and it feels good at the end of the day. Like I always say, I'm never doing this again. And then uh-huh. like after the event, I'm like, that was so great. Well, it's like childbirth, you know, you do it once and you go, whoa, I'm not doing that again. And then you forget. The sting. Yeah. And so you decide, oh, okay, I'll try it one more time. Yeah. Oh, it hurts again. Oops. Yeah. Um, I think on the on the page, on our episode page, because we're going to try to launch this quickly so that you can get some exposure. Um, we're going to put your personal page because you got a sweet story. <laughs> oh, thanks. Then we'll put the Ocean Fest, uh, the link to that too, and use the art. Yeah, cool. You know, the, the flyers for the, for the uh, what do you call it? The featured image, yeah, so it gets some uh, some response. Yeah. But yeah. also, maybe off off the um, mic, we can talk to him about how post-sesh can get involved other than yeah. using spread our sphere word. of influence to yeah, spread the word. I mean, we're yeah. just stoked that you had me on here to, like, spread the word. And um, we want, more than anything, people just to come. I mean, that's what I always say. It's, like, not a hard sell kind of thing. It's, like, if you're not doing fun. anything October 7th and 8th, come to Surf City for a killer beach party and for a good cause. And like, that's, that's what's been so cool about it. We haven't had to push it. Like when we do sponsorships, we didn't even like do a call for sponsorships. People just, and when I'm like the worst salesman, I'm just like, Hey, if you want to do it, that's cool. But if you don't like, 
don't you know like oh and it's that's the best kind of salesmanship though yeah yeah the hard sell gross it gets it gets grating yeah yeah but i mean it's neat and and inspiring that all these people come together and say i like what you're doing we want to we want to invest in that and so it's it's really really cool and um and you all should come theoceanfest.org all we got to do is show up and drink some beers. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah I got you, that. I can do drinking that. Drinking beer helps, right? Like, it feels good. Yeah. An <laughs> easy entry the, point. Yeah, easy entry point. Exactly. Well, this is where we usually drift into some Devo. Oh, I did not come up with a Devo. You didn't come up with a Devo? No, because, you know, I went to bed after I sent the email. <laughs> you well, got a Devo? Well, I was thinking a couple of things while we were talking. But Something just, about bringing the people together? I don't know. Well, I was just thinking stewardship, you know. That's kind of the, oh, the yeah. first part in the whole creation story of, of this planet that we live on that is so beautiful and offers us so much. You know, like, of course, we have life on this earth, but just the the generosity of which it was made. Like, when I think about, like, what was what was put here, like, this earth, you know, whether you believe it was a kaboom or, or God created, which I do, but... Like, I feel like so much thought and, um, like, with so many parts of our creation that it was, like, with with surfing, you know, I believe surfing was in mind, you know, with the ocean. Like, he knew we were going to play on the waves and or the rivers or, you know, there was just so <laughs> much room for not just survival. This wasn't just made just for survival. No. It mm. was made for enjoyment. Like, mm-hmm. You know, it didn't have to be a strawberry. You know, it could have been this bland <laughs> thing that nurtured us. Yeah, some manna. Yeah. Because <laughs> we saw it go that way, too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like with that came stewardship. With the creation came, hey, this is good. And then, you know, you get to partake, like, of all the things on the planet. You know, the, the bear and the lion or the fish or whatever they don't get to choose they're just being is an animal well steward stewardship was part of the command yeah you know he didn't just say well and if you have some extra time maybe take care of some things (laughs) i mean god told adam this is you know you have dominion over these things and i think rather than ruling with an iron fist that means stewardship yeah and I, taking care of things. That's true. Like we do need to take care of things, and and I think a really important script that needs to be flipped to do is like, you're, you're not a bad person because the environment sucks, like, but you can do some little things to change it. A lot of times, like you were saying earlier, like it's just so overwhelming that mm-hmm. there's so many things wrong, mm-hmm. um, and and unfortunately, a lot of people that do like eco type stuff are a little bit holier than thou, and a little bit like look at all this trash and, yeah. and shaming. You and, suck. And, yeah. And I don't think, and I think, yeah. I think that's, that's the way wrong way. And it's not, I mean, you know, it's not about that. It's not about shaming and, and being perfect. It's about doing a few better things mm-hmm. to, and that will start to make a difference. And snowball. Yeah. And that is stewardship. And like what, what one or two things can you do now to help take better care of the planet? And, you know, I think that's, it's okay to not be perfect. I think. Oh, that's well. Because we can't that. be yeah. anyway. First, my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, though, because it's I, you know that's a good posture to take, because um, especially if you know more and you know all of the issues, it is easy to kind of get holier than thou and expect people to rise to the occasion when really we just need to meet them meet in the middle. Oh, somewhere. for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mark, right. for coming yeah. out Mark. today. Thank you, yeah. Sorry we went so many places. <laughs> that was the fun part. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. listen to this. Yeah. I'll actually listen to this podcast. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I really yeah. appreciate you guys having me. It, it was, was fun, for sure. It was good to finally meet you, too. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Laurel? Yeah, I think I already said we're well, going to link to all this stuff. Right. And definitely come out to Ocean Fest, October 7th and 8th. Yeah. Oceanfest.org if you want to learn more about the actual event and come out to the party, have some fun, listen to the bands, run the, the race, beer, run the 
Watch surf the, the antique surf craft, thing. vintage craft uh, surf contest. Yeah. And um, also go to uh, markanders.com. Check out his website. And, yeah. Um, I think we're going to go. We're totally going. Yeah, we I, go. My, we're going. Saturday is my daughter's birthday party, but Friday I can go. Cool. It's all day Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday five to nine. Okay, starting have, at five. We have two live bands that night, and it's more of like that night's more of just the, you know, a rocking the party. Um, we yeah. The, um, the Blue Footed Boobies are the headliners, and they're a really cool band Woo-hoo! out of Wilmington. Um, and then Saturday starts at eight in the morning. Surf contest starts right away. 9 a.m. is the beach run, which goes 5K. Just it's an out and back on the sand the whole way. It's cool. Very, yeah, cool. it's really cool. Different than any other 5Ks really around. Um, we do uh, adaptive surfing for Wounded Warriors, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. That's going on at the same time. And then the bands play from basically 10 in the morning till 9 at night. And um, there's that day there's seven wow. live bands and um, two beer gardens and food trucks and the kids zone and... Um, arts and crafts and it's that stuff's mostly like eco and ocean related as much as possible yeah, yeah. and um, it's just really really cool and, and there's opportunities to volunteer there's opportunities to be in these events there's opportunities to drink beer <laughs> so. you can we mention all that there's two beer gardens did yep. we mention um, okay cool well we'll give everybody the uh, contact email too in case they want to get involved in a different way rather sure. than just attending mm-hmm. and uh, yeah all right. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thank you.